You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And I look round and my sub's gone missing. And in the meantime, while we're down to 10 men, we go 1 0 down and lose the game. And that just about summed up. Probably the whole of Stone Dominoes. I didn't realise how difficult it was running a Northwest Counties League club when you haven't got many hands on the deck. It was snowballing from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. I don't regret my experiences because it let me see things from the other side. It was probably the most stressful time of my life. Hello listeners and thanks for tuning in once again for this new Pint of Football podcast as we delve into the history behind a football club who came to an unfortunate end. This second episode is a special one as it covers a club who folded, then re-emerged over a crazy Christmas week, and amongst that, even had one half of Pint of Football registered as a player. This is episode two of Pint of Football's Lost Clubs, Falling Like Dominoes, the story of Stone Dominoes FC. Stone Dominoes Football Club were formed in 1987 and joined the Midland League Division 2 in 1995. As with many Staffordshire and Midlands clubs over the years, the Doms were moved across to the Northwest Counties Leagues at the start of the new millennium, and it was during the early 2000s that the club became a staple of the non-league community. Between 2000 and 2013, Stone Dominoes played in the Northwest Counties League, amassing over 500 games in the league and many more in cups. The highlight of this spell was an FA Vars last 16 appearance in the 2003-2004 season. In 2008, the Doms also had TV comedy star Ralph Little play with them. 
The club's first team sadly folded in 2013 after a season which saw them finish rock bottom of the North West Counties Premier Division, opting not to be relegated into the First Division. And whilst the youth and ladies teams remained strong, there'd be no first team representing the club again until 2015. In 2018, Stone Dominoes applied with success to be promoted to the newly restructured Northwest Counties League structure. And although they did complete the season, it wasn't without a huge amount of off the field issues. Inevitably, the club folded again at the start of 2019-2020 Staffordshire Senior League campaign. Since then, there has been no senior team for the Dominoes. But could this be about to change? Could this be about to change? That's the big question. And uh, a hello once again from me, Daz. And after his brilliant intro, Tom, give us a hello. Hello, darlings. There we go. So today we're going to be talking about Stone Dominoes FC. And after the um, big debut of doing Aldershot Football Club, who are obviously a very high profile national football club, uh, why did we choose to then do Stone Dominoes, Tom? Well, Daz, because you briefly ended up basically running them. Uh, I've never seen you so stressed. Yeah, <laughs> weren't they the days? Um, no, to give everyone um, the lowdown, yes, as Tom did mention in his introduction, uh, I was involved with the club for a couple of seasons, started off as a, a volunteer there as a social media guy, and then um, progressed, let's say. But we'll hear more on that when we come to the uh, interview. So, who have we got coming up on today's episode? Well, Daz, he's one of our own. He's one of our own. Daz Napton, former social media baron turned secretary of the Doms. Alan Baxter, local Staffordshire football man who has been involved with Whitchurch Alport, Stafford Rangers and now Newcastle Town. Pete Griffiths, involved with bringing the Dominoes out of extinction during the Northwest Counties 2018-19 season. And Simon Dean, the man behind the next incarnation of a Stone Dominoes first team. First up, Daz is going to kick us off with an interview about his time at the club. So, first things first, Daz, how did you come to be involved with Stone Dominoes? I think it was just after Christmas one year. I saw an advert come up on Twitter from Stone Dominoes saying they were after someone to come and do the match day tweets. Did that for a season or half a season, even in the Staffordshire Senior League. And then at the end of the season, I'd heard that we were applying to go into the Northwest Counties League. But then with promotion to the Northwest Counties League, there was obviously the need for a lot more people to do a lot more jobs. And because we didn't really have anyone else, they asked if I would be the um, club secretary. And then later on into the campaign, Kyle, who was the manager slash everything, he just couldn't commit to it anymore for various different reasons. I think he wanted to be the manager but he was also having to do 50, 60, 70, 80% of all the other jobs that you need to do in the in a team. And um, he tried to outsource as much as it as he could. Obviously, he'd outsourced some of it to me, but it just wasn't enough. 
So, in essence, it meant the club had to fold because there was no other bugger to take the reins, so to speak. Yeah, that's sort of how I got into it. And then, uh, simultaneously, how I couldn't get out of it. <laughs> Stone Dominoes originally formed in 1987. And basically, since 1987, they have been a semi-regular Northwest Counties team. Over the course of history, there's apparently, according to the Northwest Counties League website, been 149 teams in the Northwest Counties League. And of those teams, we are technically all time 53rd, which um, is from 544 games. So, and in fact, the thing I can tell you about that season is it wasn't Stone Domino's worst season in the Northwest Counties. The year that we were in the league and went down uh, when I was there, we finished bottom of the league with 13 points. In 2006-2007, the club finished 22nd, which is presumably also bottom, with just nine points. And in 2012-2013, the club conceded a staggering 166 goals in one season. Compared to... Compared to just one four six, the season I was there, there was a guy who used to turn up with a um, Stone Domino's badge uh, on his hat, and it was a really old badge. And he, I don't know who he was, but he'd just turn up to a few games. And he said to me, "I remember watching Stone Domino's play in the last sixteen of the FA Vars in 2006-2007 season. I think it was." So at some point, we were obviously a self-sustaining, fairly respectable non-league club. So when we consider clubs that Daz has been involved in or supported, that is Scarborough, Macclesfield and Stone Dominoes, we have to ask ourselves, is Daz Napton the Grim Reaper of football? Uh, I think I must be. I mean... Growing up as a child um, in, in Flamboroughhead, there was only one football league team in, in the surrounding area, and that was Scarborough. And as soon as I started showing a slight interest, probably about a year after that, they, they went down into the National League or the conference as it was then and then disappeared. Skip forward a few years to when I went to uni and uh, thought, I've got a fresh start. I've moved county, moved area. Basically, the footballing world is my oyster. And uh, who did I choose to start supporting? Macclesfield Town. An interesting decision. I think it was either it was either Port Vale or Macclesfield for you, wasn't it? Yeah, basically, I had my friend coming up for the weekend who was from the same place as me. So I had the same very limited options on what football teams to go and watch back home. And I was like, I've moved to the Midlands. We can go to watch loads of teams. So many clubs. So many clubs. And we walked to the train station, not knowing who we were going to go and see yet, and spoke to the uh, guy at the ticket booth and said, we're thinking of going to watch um, Macclesfield versus Burton or Crew versus Port Vale. And he was like, crew versus Vale on a derby day. You don't want to go there. Get yourself up Mac. So we did and fell in love. And funnily enough, 
you got a kicking from a Port Vale fan later on down the line when you came to watch Rovers play him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's <laughs> probably some sort of karma there. <laughs> Maybe I made the wrong choice. Maybe I should be a Vale fan, but never, never now. Yeah. And then, yeah, of course, uh, Stone Dominoes. Um, yeah, I think they managed to survive 18 months with me following them. So, yeah, safe to say I have got a bad record when it comes to supporting teams. Since we've been hanging out, Tom, I think I've been to watch, yeah, I've been to watch Bristol Rovers as a sort of fake fan with you 10 times and never yeah. seen them win neither. Well, the Stone Dominoes just never really seemed like a team that were going to survive long in, you know, sort of the uh, step tier nine, tier 10 level. So that's the impression I got when I came along with you. Yeah, I think that they were always going to be a club that struggled. I think they were, from memory, I think they were one of six that didn't pay players. So realistically, you're not going to finish much higher than the bottom six, are you? So, you know. And add to that, you said that they, they were getting like no bar takings. And the, the only income they were getting was ticket sales and the attendance was like 20 or something. Yeah, yeah. The attendance usually was between sort of 20 and 50 most games and probably at least 10 of those were traveling people from the other club so they didn't pay to come in i think um i think we'll, we'll obviously touch on it later on but i think the main thing is just having that link between the first team and the 20 or more uh, youth teams that are doing really well and also, it doesn't get talked about much, but Stone Dominoes actually has a really um, good and successful ladies team as well. Anyway, next up, we have a man who has travelled around the non-league scene for quite a few years, and he did so much to help Stone Dominoes stay afloat in that Northwest Counties Football League season. Here is Alan Baxter continuing the story from Christmas 2018. I think it was towards Christmas, I I realised the club was struggling a little bit. Uh, yeah. they, they were struggling a bit in the league, but they, they were struggling off the pitch as well, I think. Uh, but I found out later that financially, and also I, I think they had a very small committee and they could have done with a few more. And th this is when I wasn't involved with the club, but apart from him, um, I was helping as a volunteer on the turnstiles and bringing a bit of food in for after the match and, and everything. It came across that they were going to fold. And if they folded, then I think what have happened is obviously the debtors wouldn't have got paid. Um, the club would have got fined, so I believe, and the players at the club would have had to share that fine. And wow. I, 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 thought, I thought that was a little bit unfair. So I I think I spoke to Daz and said, I think we ought to try and save the club and see the season out. So that's how I, I got involved. I didn't realise how difficult it was running a Northwest Counties League club when you haven't got um, many hands on the deck or um, you're struggling for finances as well. We got a bit of help off a few people, but we found that they come in for a little bit and 
then they disappear. Um, so match day was very difficult. Um, between us trying to do the food, the turnstile, um, organise the referee, as well as sort the strips out, wash the strips and, and everything. And that, and that. I don't regret my experiences because it let me see things from the other side. I, I, shall, I shall, you know, from whatever club I'm with, I mean, I'm at Newcastle Town now, which is a, a good club. Um, but I'll... You know, I'll never criticise the board anywhere or the secretary or anything because I know I know what a difficult and thankless task a lot of these things are. In your opinion, do you think the club made a mistake in applying to leave the Staffordshire Senior League to join the North West Counties League? Uh, no, no, I don't. Because, you know, you got you got an ambitious manager um it was there who wanted to manage at the higher level was was well capable of managing at the higher level and obviously knew a lot of players that he could he could bring in as well um i suppose with the excitement of going up a league they thought it'd be an attractive club to attract people people into um in hindsight you'd probably say so but I, I no, I, I, I think the the opportunity was there, and they they should have given it a good go, which which they did. And, you know, the story, you'd be, you'd probably thought, well, if we go up, we'll attract sponsors, and there's probably people said they sponsor. Um, I know there's sponsors who said they give them they give them money, and it never happened. So, you know, it's things like that that went to, went against them. So, I, I I don't think it was a bad decision to. Going to the um, Northwest Counties League, it, it 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 seems that you know everything went against us as well, which it often does when you're struggling. One by one, the the more experienced players, um, they seem to just disappear um, or say they were uh, well. You know, uh, I'd hear they were injured, and then we wouldn't see them again. And eventually, there was sort of a I think they were probably struggling to get enough players of that level to turn up. And then I remember one night they played at Barnton, horrible night, and Barnton's my son's old team. He played for them, and I think we took the lead. I think like called Eric Booth, putting one nil up, and we, we we were looking we were looking good. And it was a big match that because Barnton was down there as well, and that would have put us in dominoes. Yeah, about a third way up the league with a bit of. Pulling away a little bit from, I think it was Main Road who were down there at the time as well. There's another club, Ellesmere, that were, and then we let two goals in the last ten minutes or whatever to lose the game. When that, I don't know whether that was the, it was after that game when they announced that basically they're going to fold the the club or not. But it was a pivotal match. I felt that was. I think I think if they'd have won that. Even with all the struggles, I, th- I think they kept going a bit longer. But I think that was that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. There's some things that stick in my mind. And another pivotal night was we played Ellesmere. We were bottom of the league away. They were two points behind us, and the only the bottom team that go down. That's oh. what we heard, and that that's what happened in the end. So we had a big game at Ellesmere, yeah, yeah. and. Um, 
we didn't have a bad squad out that night, but we only had we only had twelve players. And the sub was some young lad who was about seventeen who probably wasn't wouldn't have been ready for that standard uh, physically yet, but you know, still still a sub. Uh, and we had a player that was struggling with the injury, so was, you know, so get yourself warmed up. And it was nil nil, and there's about six minutes, there's about ten minutes left. As get you get yourself warmed up, you're going on. Anyway, this lad came off the pitch, he was injured. I looked around, where was he? He ain't there. The subs disappeared. And so we've got ten men. And in that time they scored. And then he come he come back. And I said, Where have you been? I was about to put you on. He says, Oh, I want to go to the toilet. <laughs> Tom, are you still there? Tom? <laughs> Sorry, mate. I was just going to the toilet. Ah, uh, you fool. So, yeah, at this stage in the season, obviously things are looking at their most bleak by this point. And in all truth, if it wasn't for Alan's contacts and the people he knows, or I don't think the club would have made it any further. Fair enough. Um, and, you know, fair play to Alan. I, I, I did. I think I remember asking you during your interview, was there ever a period where you were involved where things didn't look bleak for Stone Dominoes? Yeah, I think certainly the first few games were quite reassuring. The first game we played against Abby Halton, who were a really good team, local team as well. And there must have been around 80, 90 people on that first game. And it was a real good game. We lost 2-1. In fact, I think we lost to a penalty late on. The second game we played was a midweek fixture, again at home, won 3 nil. And then the third game, we went to Stockport Town, who were a, a decent side, again, well-established team with, with a bit of money behind them, and drew one all, got a last-minute equaliser. So I'm pretty sure... It must have been about five, six games in. We were definitely a top half. <laughs> but, yeah. So, like, um, did you find... <clears throat> you saying that you had 90 that one game. Was it, like, tied to your results? Or was that just that there was a bigger way following? Yeah, I think because Abby Halton is a Stoke team and we were obviously just the next town over, in the Northwest Counties League, most of the teams are... Manchester, Liverpool, Chester, Crewe, Way, sort of Cheshire and Lancashire, whereas the Staffordshire teams are quite few and far between. So I think the fans do seem to get behind them a bit more. Um, I'm not sure if Stoke and or Vale were at home or away that day, but that tended to help as well. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why you have so few people coming. How? What's the population of Stone like? It's not a bad population, but let's not forget it's technically in a little village called Yarnfield. Uh, it's I didn't certainly, realize that. Yeah, it's certainly not. I think when we had a few groundhoppers come who used to come on train, they would quite often have to get a taxi after getting off at the station. And, mm. you know. Okay, so we're at the point now where who knows if Stone are going to finish the season? Obviously, we do, but. We're now going to move on to talk with one of the people who Alan brought in, and that is uh, Pete Griffiths. Uh, I knew Domino's was a good club from when I was younger. Alan Baxter, 
who I worked with at All Sage of Town as well, he spoke to me about coming over and Luke Smith, who I've also worked with at different clubs, asked me to come in as well. And then the three of us decided to try and save the club, basically. I was told there was going to be an assistant manager waiting for me and some players. And then the day after I agreed to come, the assistant manager and some of the players decided to leave. Oh, there's a lot of politics, mate, goes on in the game. It's uh, part of the thing that I don't like about football and probably why I've moved to so many different clubs and moved about because I'm just not into that at all. Got to have everybody together and pulling on the same page to get clubs to move in the right direction. The moment they start backstabbing is when all the problems start happening. So after fulfilling just one of the five fixtures in December, Stone Dominoes made a comeback in January 2019 with a new management team, of course, that included yourself, um, a new squad and an attitude to finishing the season no matter what. How did this challenge compare to ones you've taken on before and since? Uh, this is was by far the hardest challenge. I actually thought that finding... 10 players, what I agreed to in the start, would have been okay. And when it materialised that people wanted to leave the club, it then became a real impossible task. I mean, we competed well in some games, but it was just so tough, especially with the money other clubs have got and the stability other clubs had at that time in terms of they had a style of play they were already developed in their game and we were chucking 18 lads together that had never played with each other. The lads up there, some of them were committed, some weren't. Um, to be honest, the start we had made it even tougher as well. Going to Violence and Vauxhall, I think, in two of the first three games. It's, they're, they're two fantastic sides. But at the time, all the sides down the bottom were losing. So my expectations where we could possibly scrape out, possibly. But the main thing was to keep the club afloat for me, keep it going till the end of the season, try and bring in more sponsorship. And we did get it to the end of the season. So that, for me, was an achievement. But to be honest, there was, it was only that, really. There was nothing much more than to try and sneak out of the bottom two. Yeah. I've never known a club to have everything that hard. I really haven't. I mean, the one at St. Martins, another bad one, because we ended up, I think, with three players pulling out on the day. Oh, yeah. And then when we get there, when we get there, George Hampson's tyres blew out on the way down. <laughs> so I had to travel. And now we're back to Nantwich. To bring him all the way back to St. Martin's, <laughs> you know, and that's that was just, it was just what was happening at the time. It was snowballing from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. We just weren't getting a break, apart yeah. from probably the Barton game. I did bring some good players in. And problem was, when you're losing, the good players are deciding, actually, I'll go and play there because I'll start winning there I'll get money there as well 
And that's when it becomes difficult because you're losing your better players then. Like I said, the side was too young. There was some good lads in there, some good players, but they weren't quite ready. And then there were some bad ones as well. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. After all the hard work that you and a few others did season out, how did you feel when the club folded just a few months later at the start of the following season? Having spoke to somebody at the club, I won't name names, I was told that the club had brought in £3,000 in sponsorship. We're in a good place. And then I found out about four games in, when they'd lost three out of four, that they decided to throw it all away. Of course, it was gutting for me because <laughs> I worked hard to get aside there. I know we got smashed most weeks, but it was hard enough just to keep the club going, keep it afloat, to see it disappear when it had supposedly had money. Um, I was shocked, to be honest. Can you tell us a particularly interesting story about your time at the club? <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, I went to Camelhead and I've got uh, the young goalkeeper, Reese Quinn, in the car. And on the way down there, he starts feeling ill. So I've had to pull the car over about six times on the way down there for him throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time we actually got to the ground, we had no goalkeeper. I had to put my centre back in goal on the day. I had to go on the bench and I had to play a player that was partly injured as well. After three minutes, believe it or not, we went 1-0 up. Injured player actually scored the goal. Come on. But then, much to my uh, amazement, he decided he was injured again and on come me. And the guys in the crowd asked me if I'd got the ball up my shirt. <laughs> wow. Which I just stood there and I thought, after coming off like the Tim Man, is that what you're going to give me? To be fair to the Camel Laird fans that give me the stick, they actually all clapped me off as well at the end of the game. So fair play. I do enjoy a bit of uh, non league goalkeeper banter. At, at that level, there is no mass amount of security there's no six meters between the fans and the stands and the and the players it's basically everyone walks off the pitch and the fans and the players are all in the clubhouse together yeah. so you really... ultimately you got to share a bar afterwards yeah that's it i think that story summed it up really well that uh, obviously the camel laird fans were trying to give pete a bit of stick knowing that he probably wasn't in his, uh, let's say, his peak playing days. <laughs> but they respected the fact that he went on, did a job. Uh, obviously, another game that we got battered, but it's all part of the uh, fun of the, the game, I guess. But there was also another game earlier in the season when things weren't going as bad, where we only had one sub, and the one sub was a goalkeeper and he had to go on in the second half up front. <laughs> so, nice. yeah. It's quite common in the Northwest Counties, to be fair. Quite a lot of times when the opposition were struggling for subs, the name of one of the coaches, assistant manager, manager, was quite often also a name of a sub. 
So, yeah. Despite everything, as Pete said, it was a hell of a achievement to get to the end of the season. Like, um, I, I was, I remember reading um, the non-league matters forum around the time, and they were all talking about Stone Dominoes about to go up in smoke, and and then obviously didn't. And um, I remember you saying there were some old guys who were like giving you like real congratulations for keeping the club going, and yeah, I, yeah, the, there was definitely a real good. Um... You know, there was a lot of people who were grateful for that. We did keep the club going. Um, I think the fact that most weeks we were losing, you know, 8-0, 9-0, whatever, didn't really matter because all the clubs we were playing would rather have a fixture than have a week off, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of... I think it maybe says a bit about the Northwest Counties League because I reckon... If there was a team that was really struggling that badly in some places in the world, they'd just be like, oh, God's sake, just fold them. But the oh. fact that everyone was, you know, courteous to you and thankful even, I think, says a lot about that league. Yeah, definitely. The North, yeah, I did say it in the interview, but but um, I'll, I'll say it again now. The Northwest Counties board were, were brilliant with helping us through it. And that their policy was, if you're transparent with us and tell us what's going on, will help you through it. The clubs that don't are the clubs that you see getting like 10, 15 point deductions. And like you said, some regions maybe just aren't as caring towards their clubs, but I couldn't knock them at all. And um, the, the other thing as well about all of that was you have to do all of the paperwork at the other end for all the players who are trying to leave. And one of the things Alan mentioned was... If the club had folded, the players would have had to share the fine that the club got for not completing the season. And I, I was getting it while I was working. I was getting three, four, five messages a day from the same person saying, have you uh, unregistered me yet? And he was obviously just bricking it in case he got a fine. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, like... Um... All that remains to be said is, do you think that there was a way forward? Do you think there was a way that you could have got out of that situation? I think the inevitable thing was going down, which, yeah. you know, if they'd have stayed up, would they have managed to get all the resources needed to do another season? Going down to the staff senior league, where they originally came from, made it easier because there's obviously less travel involved. You're playing against local people, local teams in your sort of local FA makes it a lot easier. I think the furthest we ever had to travel in the staff senior league was Walsall, which was about 40 minutes. Um, yeah, some of the stuff in the Northwest Counties League looked pretty long. It used to be a lot worse because the Northwest Counties League just used to be one division, uh, not regionalised. It used to be just a premiership and a division one. So oh, really? there was a time where you could have been Eccleshall, who were South Staffordshire, playing Carlisle. Oh, that really separates the man from the boy, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like an FAVs draw, like a late, late stage FAVs draw. It was mad. You can see why they've regionalised it. But even so, I mean, I think next season, Isle of Man are obviously going to be in there. So, <laughs> but anyway... The only other thing to say is that 
although Stone Dominoes is technically a lost club at the moment, we have been told that they won't be a lost club for very long. So we're going to leave and thank you for tuning in by giving you a flavour of what's to come for Stone Dominoes. What's on the... Oh, happy ending, folks. That's what we like. So I sort of had an idea, you know, I've got a, a lot of passion for Stone Dominoes. Um, and I approached uh, our youth chairman and youth secretary um, about my team um, becoming the first team at Stone Dominoes. The reason I did that is because we have a lot of stability within our team. I've got players that have played for me since under seven stroke under eight. Um, they're all very passionate about the club. Same with parents. They're, they're fully behind everything that we do. To be honest, I thought it was a, a start to get the club moving again and give the youth section a pathway into first-team football. I, I've seen the first team as such fail quite a few times along the years. So, you know, it, it, it's obviously early days for us, but we between myself and we've, we've been appointed a chairman, we've got a now a club secretary that will all be standalone, we, we have a plan. I think having a, a team behind the scenes is, is really key. Um, having lots of people on board to advise. So we, we are now discussing as a team uh, with all the players and obviously parents involved um, of what league that we start in next season. Within five years, I would, I would love to be you know, pushing on other leagues. Um, be in a position where we could play qualifying games for the FA Cup and really sort of put Stone Dominoes back in, on the map as a, you know, in the northwest counties, around the Midlands. Thanks for listening to this Pint of Football podcast. We would like to inform listeners that the content of this podcast has been permitted for use in this podcast only, and the contents is from the view of the individuals involved, not Pint of Football. Thank you to Alan Baxter, Pete Griffiths, Simon Dean, and Fenella Kelly for sparing their time to help us with this recording. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are many more like it on Sport Social. Check out sport-social.co.uk and search for Pint of Football. You can also find us on Twitter at POF underscore reviews. Also, check out our website, pintoffootball.co.uk. Network. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. 
And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide.